the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Do you want to feel old? Taylor Swift last night announced that she's going on her new tour to celebrate her 10th studio album. She's a 32-year-old Grammy winner. And she's announced um, the tour is going to be all about her eras. Now, this ties into, remember Scooter Braun, who was part of the management team that gave her money to record albums and to promote albums and to finance tours. And once she became successful, she goes, I don't really like him. He's kind of a creep. He kind of controls a little part of me. And she decided to re-record all her albums. Um, with her own money, with her own financing, and take all of her old stuff off Spotify and um, Apple Music and put in the new stuff. What's fascinating about that is it, I don't like it. it she kind of had to deal with this guy, and she kind of he put up the money, and he could have lost everything. But it's okay. It's okay. I, I get it. Um, but listen to this crazy thing. She's got 10 hits on the billboard top 100 and they are number one number two number three number four number five number six number seven number eight number nine number ten all right, all right, all right. that's insanity that tells me that whatever she touches is going to turn to gold because she's got i guess we all started to follow her like maybe 16 years ago and now she's 32 and her her legion of followers Got the new album on Spotify. Got the new album and listened to all 10 songs. And basically pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. And suddenly, like, you think of, like, the Beatles? They never had that. And again, that, that's unfair because we used to, to release songs one by one, by one by one, over a year. She just drops the whole album. And I think she's asking her Swifties to you know, rate the top 10 songs of, on the album of 20 songs. And because they keep telling each other what they like, what they don't like, they keep hearing them and playing them. It's insane. Anyway, um, here's kind of a sad thing that I want to talk about. Um, it's tied towards retirement. And it was an article that I saw on Reuters. Ultimately, it said, there is no more retirement. Runaway prices are pushing seniors back to work as the future of Social Security remains under threat. Recent data shows that 3.2% of workers who were retired a year ago have rejoined the workforce, about 1.7 million Americans. That means the number of retirees heading back in the labor force is returning to pre-pandemic levels. I'm getting, I'm not going to retire anytime soon, but as I get closer and you know, I'm going to do an event November 17th in Palo Alto as when I don't want to do those anymore. I'm just going to step aside, but I'm like, what am I going to do for healthcare? I'm too young to retire. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for a job down the road, maybe 20 hours when I retire, just to keep some cash coming in. Minimum wage is $20 by then. I'll be, you know, 20 hours. That's $400 a week. That's 
that'll help. I don't need the money. I just need the, the work. I will be one of those people that if I retire without a purpose, then I get lost in it. And uh, I'll watch too much TV. I, you know, I'm not going to commit to working out three hours a day. What do I do with my day? So I don't mind scaling back my hours of working as long as I enjoy it. Like I could be a crossing guard. I would love that job. Um, gives me purpose. Get to talk to kids. Get to help protect them. Get to talk to adults. They get to appreciate me because I'm protecting their kids. Like it sounds goofy, but you got to start thinking of these things. Um, okay. So social security's reserve funds are expected to run out by 2034 and people are a little freaked out by that. You'll receive 77% of your benefits instead, which would be drawn from tax revenue, tax revenue. Um, a lot of people retired and then unretired retirement is a misnomer with high inflation. There is no more retirement. In my opinion, I think that older workers are getting caught in a tight squeeze because they don't have the income overall to keep up with inflation. Now, Social Security has a cost of living adjustment. But keep in mind, Social Security is going to be maybe 15% of your income in retirement. Um, and most of that, if you look at your expenses, that's going to go to your health care. Your expenses in retirement, a lot bigger portion of your money is going towards health care. Because the employer is no longer covering it in any way, shape, or form. Not like they are now. So what will inflation be like in 2023? Um, and will we ever hit a period of deflation or disinflation? And the answer is probably not. The mean income for households where at least one person is 65 years or older is 44000 in 2017. So one person 65, maybe they're both 65. Their household's pulling in $44,000. Social security typically makes up the biggest proportion of people's income in retirement at $16,560 is the average social security payment uh, annual. So do the math there. You're That's not a lot. Doesn't add up for most people unless you really lower your cost of living. A retiree who heads back into the workforce is not necessarily going to obtain the same job and salary that they had before they retired. Look, if I'm going to be a crossing guard, I'm going to make a lot less than I am going to be working for EP. EP wealth and your money. Workers have tapped into their social security benefits, pay 6.2% on earnings up to 147000 while those who are self-employed face a 12.4% cut that can be offset by income tax provisions. It's daunting. And it's kind of interesting. I've got a son who's going to be 12 and a son who's going to be 14. And this weekend, their mother's going to be away. So I'm going to do their first financial lessons where I'm going to say, okay, this is a checking account. This is dad's paycheck. This is how much goes to mortgages. This is how much dad's goes to your schools. This is like how much goes to charity. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll do that in retirement. Go to schools and educate uh, 16-year-olds. They're the ones who are going to need it the most. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in Palo Alto. Sign up at robblackshow.com and use the code EVENT25. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. 
That's robblack.com. 61 days left in the year 2022. Woo! You know what that means? Midterms are one week away from today. Black Panther Wakanda forever. Friday the 11th, 10 days away. I'm not a superhero film kind of guy, but my kids are, so I know what I'm doing in 10 days. I like knowing what I'm going to do. World Cup begins on the 20th. I will check out emotionally uh, with my family, and that's the one sporting event I enjoy for three weeks. And just so you know, you need to start thawing your frozen turkey on the 21st if you're going to have a proper Thanksgiving dinner this year with the turkey, and it's going to cost you a little bit more than it did last year. You know, turkeys can usually consider it a loss leader for grocery stores. Loss leader, what is it? You better have the answer because I've been talking about it for years. When the Xbox and PlayStation come out, it's a loss leader. You might pay $600 for it and the company's losing money because Microsoft and Xbox are Xbox and PlayStation want to make the royalties from licensing the technology to the game makers. Interesting. So for their first couple of years, they're losing a little bit of money on those boxes because they're high end technology for their time. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was down 1%, ending October with a whimper. The S&P 500 was down three quarters of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down one third of 1%. Bitcoin's holding 20,465. If I were a speculator, which would I rather bet on right now, Bitcoin or Facebook? Facebook's down 70%. They would be making money hand over fist if Zuckerberg would turn off the metaverse and say, whoops. But he doesn't feel this. He's insulated from this. What's the difference between being worth $50 billion and $150 billion? I don't think anyone can tell. It's worthy of note, in my opinion. So the Fed also is in today and tomorrow. Tomorrow, they're going to tell us 75 basis points. That's the expectation. Anything less than that, the market's going to rally. <sighs> The language that comes out is going to be more important than the number. So that's what happened yesterday. That's what's happening in the next couple of days as far as things to look at. Um, the billion-dollar houses of Coinbase and Masterworks simplifies the world of art in crypto. There's a new acquaintance called Realpha, which is inventing or incorporating real estate into crypto and into owning expensive artwork as a fraction. It's pretty crazy. Realpha is trying to make Airbnb ownership as easy as using an app. Users purchase fractional shares and collect rent from high potential properties without ever having to maintain or manage them. Um, That's just not my thing. I don't like partners in real estate. But it could be your thing. That's why I'm telling you about it. Uh, Joe Biden, he's threatened all, not, not, not all. I don't need that emphasis. Uh, Joe Biden, he's threatened oil companies with higher taxes days after oil companies reported massive profits for the last quarter. He's accused them of profiteering off the war in Ukraine and urged them to boost production and bring down prices. If they don't increase output, he vowed to work with Congress to impose higher taxes in his latest bid to bring gas prices down as midterms approach. I think that's going to fall on deaf ears. It's really tough to ask a company 
to lower their prices. Um, unless he's going to give them something. They don't, oil companies don't control the cost of a barrel of oil. That's just the product that they use to make gasoline. With that said, yeah, things are going ridiculously well for the oil companies. And thankfully, the oil companies, financial companies are helping the markets now. Um, but also there's some, what I worry about unintended consequences. When I saw Joe Biden said that, I believe in more capitalism. Like I'd rather him say, you know, hey, I'll give more tax credits to electric vehicle makers so we could get, you know, gasoline consumption down so we don't have to pay for high gas because there'll be plenty. Like I, I worry about unintended consequences. If he sells them to slash their profits, like where's that money going to go? It's still there. Um, and what if like the U.S. based companies slow down their investment in finding more oil? And foreign-based oil companies are like, we'll look for it if you don't want to look for it. I don't something I don't really like about that. Taylor Swift became the first artist in history to occupy all top ten spots on the Billboard Hot 100 song chart with tracks from her new album Midnight's last week. That's just amazing. Elon Musk is in the news. He originally said, "I want you to pay twenty dollars for a verified blue check." And that didn't go well yesterday. So now he's going, eh, maybe $8.99. Musk wants to make subscribing to Twitter Blue, the company's paid tier, currently available only in the United States, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. The only way to be verified on the site um, is by paying. I think that's interesting. I think Twitter is a mess. I use it because it's free. I use it because you can follow me. I use it to send out my weekly updates. I use it to send out my radio show. I should be paying for it. But I'm not. Interesting, right? Like there's he's also told all the engineers at Twitter, come talk to me. Give me your best ideas. I bet you there's some people down in Stanford or Berkeley right now coming, let's come up with a better Twitter. Because Elon Musk is driving people away from it right now, employees as well as big celebrities. Um when he pushed a murder conspiracy theory or the attempted murder of Paul Pelosi conspiracy theory. A lot of people lost a lot of respect for him. I don't know. I don't think he cares and I don't think it's going to take him down, but I bet there's some grad students right now going, let's come up with a better version of this. In the last 10 years, Twitter has never really done anything as a publicly traded company. It's worthy of note. Time is right now. If you know someone in grad school, and uh, knows how to code. What else do we have to talk about? Shanghai Disney abruptly closed yesterday to comply with China's strict COVID prevention policies. So that's still a thing. That left the park's visitors trapped inside. They literally locked them in until they could produce negative COVID tests. Now, that's, that's something out of a movie. Katie Ledecky set a new world record for the 1,500-meter freestyle this weekend. The U.S. Olympic swimmer demolished the old record by almost 10 seconds. That's stunning. And it's kind of inspiring that records can still be done, created. You know, there was a point in time where we thought the, the mile, you could never run it faster than four minutes, and that got destroyed. So I like seeing world records fall. 
it's just, it's a reminder, like we're not as confident as we used to be, or things aren't as set in stone as we thought. So greatness in October gives way to November. There are unconfirmed reports that China is going to set up a reopening committee for its economy, which would entail an exit from the zero COVID policy. Johnson & Johnson created some mergers and acquisition buzz this morning by doing an, a cash acquisition of Abiomed, which makes heart pumps, which I don't know much about. Uber's up 13% today after they pleased investors with top-line revenue. Beat. They're not earning money, but their EBITDA guidance was positive. Earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortizations. It's a company you have to put a lot of faith in because they lose a lot of money like Tesla used to. You had to put a lot of faith in it. It paid off. It doesn't always do that. I'm Rob Black. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Twitter in the coming days and years. Elon Musk, who has the most amount of money in the world, bought Twitter and he overpaid for it by a big amount. Because he got cocky and arrogant and let his mouth do too much talking for him. Um, Should have put terms on that deal. He could have negotiated terms lower, but he said, no, no terms. And then the stock market correction started to hit hard. So Jack Dorsey started Twitter in 2006. And Jack Dorsey urged Elon Musk to take over Twitter. Um, thinks he would be the right guy for it. Now we're learning that Jack Dorsey has a decentralized social media platform called Blue Sky Social that he's taken 30,000 signups to beta test. It's like I said in the last segment, now's the time to come up with a Twitter competitor. I feel like Dorsey might have been playing Musk a little bit. He gets his billions and he moves on to start another social media site that's looking incredibly similar to Twitter. It's called Blue Sky. It's got a new foundation for social networking. It gives creators independence from platforms, developers the freedom to build, and users a choice in their experience, i.e. you get to write your own protocol for the algorithms that stuff sends to you. Interesting, right? Um. Is he a bad guy for doing that? <clears throat> I didn't meet Jack Dorsey, but I had a brush with greatness with Jack Dorsey. I was walking my dog and he was walking his dog. And I was like, I could, I should go say hi. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He doesn't need that. I got the same story with George Lucas. The first week that I lived in California 25 years ago, I went to Dipsia Cafe in Marin. And he was sitting there having breakfast. And he's reading and he looked very much so focused on himself. I was like, I should go say hi, or maybe I should do the Wookiee call as I walk out. Like, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. But if you ever see me in public, please come say hello. I appreciate it. Um, I like Jeremy Siegel. He is a Wharton professor. He says long-term investors should absolutely buy now. He is optimistic about today's stock market. Earlier, I was talking about how millennials who are rich, the stock market is their fourth favorite investment asset. 
The third most famous favorite is private equity, where you find someone to go out and buy companies when they're private and try to fix them or help them get public. It's the basic idea. Their second favorite thing is real estate and rich millennials worth more than $3 million. Their first favorite thing is dun, da, 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 crypto. Stocks come in four. That's a shame. Um, with the Dow, the SP, and the NASDAQ all deep in the red year to date, it might be tempting to hit the sell button. Not for me. My mother's inheritance is coming at a time when the market's at a low. And I'm not going to go out and buy a Lamborghini. I'm not going to use any of it for a bet that Facebook has big rebound. I'm not going to put it on crypto that it can go from 20000 to 60000 again. Nope. I'm going to put it into companies that blue chip companies that pay dividends and a diversified portfolio. Um, and because I took over my mother's investment decisions, the portfolio is pretty sizable. Um, because as she got older in age, uh, she lived a long time, but my dad didn't save a lot of money. So when he died at age 58, he had about 400,000. Um, I was able to grow it for six relatives, at least 10 times that in the 25 years that he's been dead. Um, while paying all my mom's bills and hospital costs. So, um, I'm with Jeremy Siegel here. If you're a long-term investor, I would absolutely be buying stocks. I think these are absolutely great long-term values. One of the reasons behind this year's stock market slump is inflation. Consumer prices were rising at the fastest pace in 40 years. While the headline CPI number has cooled off a bit recently, September inflation rate was 8.2% year over year. So it's worryingly high. That's caused the Fed to raise interest rates where you're now getting some pretty good returns on cash. Three, three and a half, four percent. Siegel points to one segment of inflation that's cooling down fast housing. But housing isn't reflected in um, stock markets. So if you own a, you bought a a house that was listed for 800,000 and it, you you bought it and you overpaid. By 200,000, she bought it for a million and then it went to uh, a million one. And then it starts to slide back down to 900,000. It's a pretty aggressive movement. And we're seeing that right now. Pullback in stocks has been painful, but that's exactly why this could be an opportunity. When you're talking about 16 times earnings on the S&P 500, and if even if they're clipped by a recession and you shouldn't just based on recession earnings, you should base it on long-term earnings, which are favorable. I think they're just absolutely excellent values, Jeremy Siegel said. Um, am I spooked? Nope. Do I wish the stock market would hurry up and get to an all-time high? Nope. Um, I got some money coming to me in inheritance, and it's just waiting for the final paperwork to dry, so to speak. Um. I would say the same thing with my 401k. I would say the same thing with, you know, bonuses and things like that at the end of the year. Um, Jeremy Siegel is looking at the money supply that we added during the pandemic. And that created the inflation. 
the Federal Reserve created inflation. The Federal Reserve is fighting to destroy inflation. Now, along the way, they kept as many people employed as they could. So you can't say that they're evil in their intent, but it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. One minute. That's just my opinion. I'm sticking with Jeremy Siegel on this call. I think he's more right than wrong. You could say he's out of touch. You can say whatever you want. You could say that about me. We all have our own opinions and we're all entitled to them. I'm just giving you my experience. Interesting. On a day where the market's getting hit, it's not bad. It's down just a skosh. Meta is up two bucks, up 2.3%. So it had three days after its earnings where it slid. The selling is washed out. Is this the trade? Is this the one? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial consultant, broker, advisor for taking any action on any stocks mentioned. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Little tip for you. Inflation at the grocery store is higher than inflation at restaurants. This might be the year to do Thanksgiving at a restaurant. I don't know. Nearly 50% of Generation Z and millennials want crypto investments in their 401k. That is a risky move. It's a trap. 50% of Generation Z and millennial employees wish they could invest in cryptocurrency via their 401k. Uh, Charles Schwab's 2022 401k plan participants survey study gives us its data. Traditional approaches or new age investing. Don't make a mistake. It's your retirement. Fidelity says uh, they manage employee benefits, retirement programs for nearly 23,000 businesses, has given companies the ability to offer employees the option to invest in Bitcoin through a dedicated digital assets accounts. If an employer offers this option, employees can invest up to 20% of their 401ks in Bitcoin. Just because there's an option, it does not mean it's a good idea. Clearly, we've seen volatility on the upside. And volatility on the downside. Elsewhere out there, BP has raked in quarterly profit of $8.2 billion as oil majors post another round of bumper earnings. Uh, the world's largest oil and gas majors have reported bumper earnings in recent months. Um, that's renewed calls for higher taxes on record oil company profits. Oil companies already pay higher taxes than normal corporations in the United States. Um, because the, this exact reason people are, Joe Biden's calling on oil companies to cut their profits. That is a very, if I'm an investor in Exxon, I'm like, screw you, Joe Biden. Like, no, um, it, there's some ramifications here other than trying to get votes. And they're companies that they take risk and they spend money on R&D. This is one where I fall in. It is what it is. It's it's capitalism. You were the one who decided to buy an SUV, not a, a fuel-efficient vehicle. Um, I don't know. I don't have a great thought on that one, but that's pretty close. J&J is going to buy a heart pump maker, Abiomed, in a $16.6 billion deal. That's pretty sweet. That's a 50% premium to yesterday's um, closing price on Abiomed. 
I like mergers and acquisitions because to me, wow, I'm looking at Joe Kernan right now. He's looking old. Uh, like when I, earlier in the show, when I said Taylor Swift's 32, that makes me feel old because it seems like we've been in her life and I've never been to a concert. I've never bought an album. It seems like she's been in my life for 16 years. And it is true. She has been on the music scene for a long time. So Johnson & Johnson looking at Abby Omed and saying, I think you're worth 16 billion, 50% premium to what you're uh, at right now. It's going to be an all cash deal. What does Abby Omed do? They do heart pumps. Clearly Johnson & Johnson sees a value in this. They're focused on its pharmaceuticals and medical device operations with consumer health spinoff expected by November, 2023. Chief executive Joaquin Duato has said he will prioritize building up the medical device units through acquisition. Abiomed, which generated revenue of $1.03 billion in its most recent fiscal year, which ended in March 2022, develops medical technology that provides circulatory and oxygenation support. Um, revenues are going to climb to $1.5 billion by 2025, and then... Johnson Johnson Salesforce, which has relationships with hospitals and doctors, will be able to start selling their product. Abiomed doesn't have the Salesforce that somebody like a Johnson and Johnson does. What's interesting about Abiomed is they are a 39-year-old company. It's founded in 1981. They make what are called Impella heart pumps, which are the smallest in the world and have been used in the United States since 2008. Heart disease is one of the leading causes of death in the United States, accounting for 700,000 deaths in 2020. It's not going to go down. Uh, hung out with some friends this weekend. And I'm 15 pounds too heavy, and he's 35 pounds too heavy. So we're putting strains on our heart. And uh, at some point in time, they're going to rip my chest open and say, Mr. Black, you, you ate too many slices of pizza in your life and your heart's exploded and we're going to have to put a pump in here because you you didn't take care of yourself yay um it's it's interesting i like mergers and acquisitions and i got to that point and then i dropped the point oh no one won powerball last night um i got to the point that i got away from the point that I like mergers and acquisitions because it's companies looking at each other and going, huh, huh, I like you. I think you're worth 50% more than you are right now. I like companies spending money on other companies. I like buybacks. I like dividends. I like R and D. Um, it's not just about the final product, in my opinion, with new mortgages down 55%. A lot of lenders are starting to go bankrupt. That's fascinating to me. Every now and then I, I get into these, into the data and I'm like, I wasn't really expecting that. So the real estate market can't catch a break. Their thinking is right now, or some thoughts are this could be one factor trigger that, you know, create a surge of failures. We now, can add mortgage lender financial troubles to all the stress that's going on in the U.S. economy with inflation. The chill of the market affects all lenders, non-bank 
lenders, especially those who deal in non-qualified mortgages, are bearing the brunt of it right now. So 55% fall in demand for mortgages. Now, I don't talk about non-qualified mortgages often on the show. They use non-traditional methods of income verification, and they're frequently used by those with unusual income scenarios, are self-employed, or have credit issues that make it difficult to get a qualified mortgage loan. Uh, for instance, you don't just have income, but you also have like maybe a rental property or you have stocks. You can you don't have to have the high salary if you've got something you could put up into the loan. But the lack of salary means if things go bad, you're gonna have to liquidate something. So with first guarantee mortgage and sprout mortgage, a pair of firms that specialize in non-traditional loans, not eligible for government backing recently running around, real estate experts are beginning to question their value. First guarantee mortgage said once interest rates started to climb, lending volume dropped and left the company with more than 473 million owed to creditors. That's not good. Sprout mortgage abruptly shut down in July. Uh, there's a real estate, uh, I don't know, a private company called Really, R E A L I. They shut down. Um, some retail lenders like Angel Oak, Lower Mortgage, Keller Mortgage have all had to introduce layoffs as conditions have gotten tough. So is the ripple effects in the mortgage market going to spill over, create fewer lenders, create fewer non-qualified mortgage lenders, i.e. the risk takers that take on the loan when you don't necessarily qualify? Would that create a smaller batch of buyers? Yes. Could that potentially hurt real estate prices? Yes. Could lack of competition let mortgage lenders who survive raise rates? Yes. Do you like it when I talk to myself? Probably not. Powerball jackpot passed $1 billion. Uh, which would I rather do? Take the annuity a four hundred ninety-seven million, or take a billion dollars of payout over the next thirty years. I'd take the annuity, especially in the stock market. I'd dump it in the stock market. I would make someone very, very happy. Hey, I'm, I need a new stockbroker, and well, tell me about how much cash you have. Four hundred ninety-seven million dollars. Here you go. Jeez. But keep in mind, four hundred ninety-seven million would be the cash option, but you're automatically going to lose 24% to the federal tax withholding. So that reduces it by $119 million, practically in poverty, in my opinion. So if you're not worth $350 million or more, is it even worth playing the lottery? Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about Paul Pelosi being attacked, only because we're 10 days away from the election. And a lot of the Wall Street Journal articles and New York Times articles, and that's my sources. Um, I'm not into politics, but when I read the politics sections from Wall Street Journals and New York Times, there's a lot of implication that one minute Trump may try to challenge any election the Republicans lose. And I hope we just don't get into violence. It's it's so un. Ugh. I know you're saying, well, that's easy. You don't want to fight for this country. You're a loser. 
okay, I guess I'm a loser. Uber reported a favorable quarterly result and issued pleasing guidance. Treasury yields decline, but the 10-year note is above 4%. None of this matters because tomorrow we get the Federal Reserve decision, 75 basis points, and what they do they say. And then Friday we get the jobs report. So there's a lot going on. Oh, I got to look up the jobs report from earlier this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll have that when we come back. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 